Welcome to the Junior Golf Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping parents and juniors navigate through the journey of junior golf. From fitness to mental coaching, we cover it all on this podcast. Here's your host, Ro Thompson. Three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Junior Golf Podcast. I'm your host, Ro Thompson. Man, we got a special guest on the podcast this morning. It's none other than the great George Gankus. How you doing, Coach George? I'm great. Thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to it. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I got you on my podcast this morning, but I, I'm excited, man. You just, you just don't know. I, I appreciate that. I, I don't know how you got me on it either, but I, I like it. <laughs> Let's do it. Well, listen, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet one day. You know, like I said, my son's a junior golfer and I know you in California, right? Mm-hmm. Where are you I'm at? In, I'm in South Carolina. I'm on the other side. South Carolina is great. You know, I had a really good junior from out in South Carolina and I love that. I mean, I love that area. Good. Love that. Good. What's 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 the junior's name? You remember? Uh, well, actually, lives in North Carolina, so I was out in that area. Yeah, for for sure. And that that area is it's, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool. I also played a uh, well. It was back then a nationwide tour event in um, in uh, South Carolina, and I really, I, I really loved that area. I thought it was really beautiful. You know, a lot different than I thought it would be. Right. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's the Pinehurst area. Yeah. Well, I'm good. trying to think, was it Greenville or, uh, not Greenville? Where was it that I was at? Um, oh, now the, 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 the amateur event you're talking about, it could have been. No, uh, I wasn't in Anniver. I was nationwide when I played, when I played on the tour, tour yeah, event there. Yeah. That's the BMW up in the upstate. Yeah, BMW. What, what, what'd you call it there? The, the BMW. Yeah, it is the BMW. What, what, what city was it in? It is Greenville. It was Greenville. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You're right. Cool, cool. You're right. That's what I thought. I thought that was a really, I mean, small, small town, but it was really, really cool there. It was fun. Yeah. And that's a tough course. That's a tough course that they play that event at too. I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's a, it's a really tough. I, course from the I think they played, I think they played two different courses at the time. Okay. They could I think have. they played two different tours. I mean, it was probably not, it was probably 2008, nine. Okay. Whatever. So okay beautiful beautiful area anyway yes yes well listen man before we get into you know talking about the juniors uh give us a little give us a little background story about yourself uh what kind of background story you want i mean you know you know where you from you know how you got into the game of golf give us a little little history I, you know, I got into golf really late in relation to being a junior golf. I never played junior golf. I started when I was, you know, 18. Okay. And I, I was going to wrestle in college and I ended up playing golf instead. And my dad was, you know, a big golfer, but not like really big. I mean, he could shoot par, Okay. but he was, he always wanted me to play. And when I decided that I want to play when I was 18, he's like, it's too late. Like yeah. you're going to, you're not going to play college golf. Right. And I said, you know, I'll, I'll move in with you because I was living with my mom at the time. They separated and they were living in different areas. Okay. And I said, I'm, I'll live with you and, and go junior college. And he's like, you ain't making the junior college team. And so, you know, with junior college, you, you could take three classes three days a week. And then the rest of the day, 
you can play golf. So right. I, I got a, a job and started playing 36 holes every day, hitting like a thousand balls a day. And I ended up making the junior college team. And then, you know, I decided that after, you know, playing there for two years that, you know, I could walk on a team and I decided to walk on to, you know, Cal state Northridge. And there was like 70 players for two spots <laughs> and, and I made it. So, you made it. That, wow. and I made it and I, you know, I started shooting under par real early, but it wasn't, you know, I, I think that you have to have your reps in order to do it. And I had my reps in two years more than probably as much as anybody I could say, because if you're in a thousand balls a day, cause you get free balls and you get free golf and you're playing 36 holes a day, you're going to get better. And you start playing with good players, you know, and I, and I did, I started picking up people that I thought were really good. And, and when I look back, I wasn't good, but I was shooting good enough numbers to play, you know, junior college golf and, you know, D one golf in a really fast time. So that to accelerate to coaching, I decided, you know, after I got out of college, I want to play professional golf. Right. And I never went to Q school, which I look back and I, and I, you know, I'm upset that I never did, but I didn't believe in myself at the time that I was good enough. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to waste the money because I didn't come from a lot of money. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to waste my money when I know that yeah, I could get through, you know, I could get through first stage. But I knew the numbers that they were shooting on the courses in competition was a different story. Right. But I could go shoot six four, six five in places. Okay. But just because you could shoot six four, six five and at your home course doesn't mean you could go out and do it for four days and, and shoot what it took to see those numbers. So I was realistic on it. And then when, once I started, you know, I started catting and I decided that, you know, I was pretty good at coaching these in the, these older people that were members at country clubs. Right. I decided like, well, if I got a junior, I could make them real good. Mm -hmm. And that was my first student was a junior golfer and wow. he got really good. And then I got another junior and I got real good. So my first niche was junior golf and I, and I loved it. And, you know, and at that time I was playing with these juniors and that's when I started to feel like, Hey, two, three years into teaching these juniors, I started playing really good because I'm playing all the time. Right. And really there was no stress with playing with juniors and they're like, dude, you're shooting crazy numbers. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go to Q school one day when, you know, and I just never did. And it kind of, that was kind of one of my always wanted to play on tour and, and not saying that I could have made it on tour, but I definitely have the ability, physical capabilities to play professional golf. That's like I shoot the numbers, I hit it as far as anybody on tour, hit right. it as good. The fact is, is to put four days together, it's a different story. These guys, you know, they do it all the time. And, and competition's different, by the way, but it doesn't have to be. It's just the way I look at it because of the preparation. So when yeah. you ask my story, immediately I started teaching and I had all these juniors and it just grew because if you're helping a junior and they're playing well, other juniors go, who's this guy going to? And it just built and built and built. Right. And the next, you know, I, and now I don't have as many juniors. I've got a lot really? of good juniors. Okay. I've got a lot, a lot of good juniors. But when you start charging different, you know, I went from charging 50 bucks an hour to 600 an hour. You don't get the juniors that you used to have. You know what I mean? And right. my, my real love is, you know, junior, junior teaching because you can really make a big impact on them. So to fast forward to now from my, my quick story is, you know, yeah, I've taught a lot of different players, whether it's high, high, high handicappers to P PGA tour players, the major winners, you know, I I've taught a lot, a lot of different 
different side of the spectrum mm-hmm. and I enjoy them equally, you know, and I enjoy juniors. I probably enjoy teaching juniors the most because they're sponges and you can see them competing a lot where you see a 20 handicapper. Yeah. They might be getting down to, you know, a 10 handicap real fast, but you know, there's nothing that they're playing in to go, Oh shit. Look at how good he just did. He just, he just won a tournament. That's, that's the fun rewarding part as being a coach. Right. Right. So how many, um, how many juniors you're uh, coaching now? Coach? Juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't even know how many PGA tour players I coach. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> all the numbers of that. You know what I mean? How many guys will teach the lift? I, you know, I would say if I just, I would say I probably have 50 juniors, Okay. but you got to understand my juniors don't come weekly like they used to. If I was charging 50 bucks, I'd be having 50 juniors coming every single week. But now these juniors go, okay, some juniors come to me as like kind of like a consultant. So they'll see me like once every month or once two months and they have another coach back at home and I, and I make sure that they're, their mechanics are proper. And okay. then that coach goes out and takes them on the course and does the important stuff like the strategy, like the games and right. stuff like that, which really matters. Meanwhile, you know, they get a little in different positions. I'll fix that fast. Cause that's what I do. Yeah. You know, I've seen that. I've seen that live. That's, that's, that's the fun part for me, but I do miss being on a course with the junior and all the rest. Cause that's, that's where you can make a big difference in their scoring and, and just them understanding the game and, you know, having fun for the rest of their lives. Okay. And and who are some of the, the well-known PGA Tour players? I know you got Matthew Wolf and a couple, couple of others. Who, who are some of the other PGA uh, Tour players? You, uh, you know, I have probably about six guys that I'm talking to right now that okay. I don't say anything. But, you know, yeah. right now I could say that I've got Sung King that I, that I used to teach. He went to another coach for a couple of years. And he lost his card, unfortunately, as he did that. But he still has... Uh, PGA status so he can still play 12 events a year and I just started back with him like a month ago and he's he's playing good again so you'll you'll start seeing his name again and I'm sure people are like I remember that dude but he hasn't been around for a while and you know some of that is because now I have a kid and he's only eight months old and I'm 52 so I'm on the older side to have a kid and <laughs> I, I don't want to be on the PGA tour traveling every week. And right. I do enjoy now teaching juniors and being back at home. I've got a couple guys on, on the corn ferry tour right now. Okay. And I got a bunch, I got a bunch of really good mini tour players that are like first, second stage um, that are coming up. And that's, I enjoy that part of it too. Okay. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, listen, you are, uh, like I said, you're one of the most sought, sought out coaches across the country. I follow you on Instagram, all the social media, and I see some of the things that you're doing. What's your primary objective with a golfer when you're coaching them? Like like say a, a, a young golfer comes to you, a junior golfer comes to you. What's your primary objective with that, with that golfer? It's a great question. I ask them. The first thing I do is, you know, I used to go to work. I just be like, all right, jump on the mat. Let me see you hit some balls. And, and, you know, I made a good assessment and it was, you know, it was not the right way to do it, but I got a lot of, lot of like results. Now it's more of what do you want? What do you want from this lesson? Like what's good, what's bad, you know? And it, what, if your stats were going to call the thing, well, I'm, um, I'm three putting a lot. Well, why were you on the mat right now? You think <laughs> I only know golf swing? <laughs> right. You know, let's go over, let's go over and work on some putting. 
Uh, you know, but the objective is for me, if we're just going to look straight up ball striking, yes, is contact would have to be number one, ball direction, and then, you know, D-loft, and then we're going to look at speed and what's and, and sequencing it, you know? And so a lot of people would just look to get a club on plane. But what I want to know if a player's already good is what's your tendency? And I'll see it right away before I ask, okay. you know, a player – you know, might be into out and flippy and you think they hook every shot, but they block every shot because in tournaments they just hold on and they're into out. You know what I mean? Okay. Mm -hmm. you, you know, but when they're loose and they're letting it go from into out, you know, they're, they're and I and I'll go, what's your what's your normal tendency? You hate hooking it, don't you? I, I hate it, but I, I like to draw. <laughs> yeah, I I can yeah. already tell. Okay, well we're gonna add some rotation to it. We're gonna we're gonna play with your release a little bit. And and but we're not gonna lose your ball pattern. You need to have a ball pattern. I think that's what we'll get into is probably some of the biggest reasons juniors are really good when they're juniors. And then when they get to college, they get lost. And we'll get into some of that stuff if you'd like. Yes. Because, because I think that that's probably something I see a lot. And you get it from these juniors being out with coaches that they're familiar with. And right. they know their games and they got a little funky pattern and a college coach will come along. And this isn't blaming college coaches, but there's a lot of them out there right. that you can blame. And I will blame that that'll look at a player and go, you know, you need to fix this flip or you need to you need to fix this this little move at the top to mm -hmm. make it look better. But that's where their ball pattern is. That's right. where their little baby draw, their little cut that they know where it's going. Then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what, coach, you're right. I'm hitting it straighter. But then they get on the course and now they don't know which way their miss is and they miss both ways. You know, when you have a predictable Ball draw flight. that starts that starts right and it falls mm -hmm. one way and yeah. then it overhooks, you know it's going to hook. You just know that you can aim a little more right. Do you know right. what I'm saying? Correct, yeah. And, and you have your little keys, like I can rotate more, I can get my hand on more forward, or I can get my eyes out, or I can swing a little more left and it won't overhook at certain situations or the water left or OB left. But they still have a pattern and they can get around that. Well, when the ball's straight and then it misses left and right and you got water on both sides, start to freak out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's where yeah. players, whether it's three or four shots around over three days in college golf, that's 12 shots, you ain't competing anymore because no. you've lost your ball pattern. Right. You know what I mean? And I see that a lot. And now all of a sudden this player's swing looks really nice. And they lost their little gitch or whatever they did, but now they lost their ball pattern. And now you don't hear this junior anymore that if you just gave him his ball pattern back, he'd be back. And mm. it's like, it's almost like, you know, everybody's mentally strong when they're hitting it good. But when you watch a tour player like Justin Thomas or Matt Wolf or, right. or, or Jordan Spieth mm -hmm. or Brooks Tepka, all of a sudden they went from being Superman to, you know, being the most insecure golfer on the planet. Right. And, and everybody got well, well, it's not that they became insecure. It's golf. Golf is hard. And yes. when you lose your ball pattern and you don't know where your ball's going, everyone's insecure on a golf course. I don't care if you were the best player in the world. Right. You lose your ball patterns, you lose your way. And all of a sudden, you're not mentally the strongest person out there. And it's no knock on any one of them because we're all the same. You lose your ball pattern, you don't become Superman anymore. You become just a normal person that's scared, you know, on the golf yeah. course. That's right. And so, and so, and so 
right. Yeah. Yeah. Golf, yeah. That, that's my favorite saying golf is hard. Right. And so, and so coach, what's, what's probably the hardest pattern for golfers to break when they, when, when, when they come see you and they're doing certain things, what's the, what do you find is the most, you know, difficult thing to correct in, in a, in a person's swing? Well, I think that the, the hardest pattern, that's a good question. You know, I got sliders, I got this, that, but right. I'd say if you're looking at a ball pattern, that's that they need to stop is someone who's coming over the top. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that. probably, <laughs> that's probably the easiest for me to fix. But when I first started, it was probably one of the harder, but I think it is, is because people have trust, trust issues. The ball is going right. They want to aim more left. They want to come yes. over. They want to, they want to cover it. Everything they want to do because the ball's going right. See, and someone says swing more out to the right. Well, they know they swing out the right. The ball's going right, so they're not going to kid themselves. <laughs> they're like they'll swing into out, and then the last second they'll go whoosh, and they, right. they think path of going left with their path is going to make the ball go left instead of right. Okay, right, right. So the fact is, is what I do to players. I said, you know, if you want to swing left because you feel like the ball's going to go left when you do that, go ahead. I'm going to close your face 45 degrees. Path. Pull left, pull left, pull left. I'm like, what are you going to do now? Let's put a stick out there and get your ball to start right of that. Close the face, 45. All of a sudden, they're like, they don't want to go there. They start going, oh, shit. They start aiming for right. <laughs> and right. they start going like this. And so I go, okay, so what are we looking at? Is it your path that's a problem? That's what everybody sees is your path is a problem. Right. So you want to go this way. But if I close your face and your ball starts to go left, we're – where do you start aiming? All of a sudden you stop aiming left and you start creeping more right. You right. start swinging more right and you start, and the ball goes more left. So now all of a sudden I change your ball pattern by closing your face. Mm. And then they go, well, my face isn't going to be 45 degrees shut when you put my normal grip on, is it? And I go, no, but your grip I'm going to strengthen because it's going to help you get 45. Then I'm going to add some flexion to your wrist. And the ball is going to go left, and now you're going to want to swing in out. Now your your club's not going to release like this, and your pass not going to go this way. So now all of a sudden, I've closed their face in a different way with grip and flexion and extension of the wrist. And all of a sudden, now it could be the same in to out. And all of a sudden, now they're they're aiming more right. They're swinging in out, and they trust it. So wow. so I think that that's the easiest way to fix it is close the face, then ball then path changes. You can't change a path without changing the face. You could, if you're a good golfer, you could still sling it and, and good golfers can know how to do that. But th that's for, for a new golfer that's only seen a ball slice, you change their face, all of a sudden you change the path. Wow. This is a, this is a, I mean, this is uh, eliminating slice one-on-one. I mean, I, I hope people are paying attention to this. Now, it, it, now in your lessons, coach, and I appreciate you being on Instagram. And one of the things that I figured out was that you're not afraid to show people what you're doing. And because everybody can now start copying it. Right. But one of the things that I noticed um, in your social media posts is that you put players in a position to hit really great shots. I don't care where they come from. I mean, they could be a social media expert coming to you for a lesson you know exactly how to rotate their hips into that swing. Why talk about why that's important to put a player in a in a hip position to hit great shots. Well, I think first off, nowadays I think people are afraid to actually put their hands on somebody and put them in a position. Yes. And 
And to me, I'm not. If that's if that's how I'm going to get in trouble is by moving a student, then put me in jail. I I could care less. I'm here. I'm here to help people. Yes. I'm here to put them in positions. Okay. Right. And if I put them in a good hitting position where they're ready to roll, they're going to get success immediately. Now I've got two guys that I teach and I, you know, I've had a number of people that have helped me over years that I have a good team of people that I'm like, Johnny, get his legs. I'll say, Leo, get his, get his head and his, get his shoulder. Yeah. I'll put their, their head shoulder in a position. Johnny will make sure their legs are stable. Johnny will go up there and get his face in a good position. And I'll say, just go. Boom, all of a sudden their their impact gets different, their rotation gets different. Yes. And sometimes they still have different patterns, but I can save somebody, I don't know, it depends on the person, two to five years of just getting them in a position and putting them in that position rather than telling them or having them copy that. I could tell Johnny and I say, hey, listen, this guy's like this, do mm -hmm. me a favor, here's a picture, get him right here. And Johnny is the fastest, Ruiz is the fastest I've ever had and getting somebody to get in that position looking exactly like Tiger Woods or like Victor Hovland or like Bubba or like whoever I ask him to be, he'll get that person that position. Does it make sense? Yes. Arms a little here. I'm like, get him a little more here. Get him more here. Get him more form roll. Right. Whatever it might be, get him a more, more, little more left bend. And, and that's where if we had a machine we could put him in, that'd be great, but we don't. So right. I put people in positions because it, it, I find that it's a lot more successful and quicker than it is having somebody try to get in these positions. And I think there's a lot of cause and effect. If I get a player who's coming over the top yes, or too far under, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the reason they're getting there is because their legs are like this. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they just turn, it comes over the top. But if I get them in a position where they're over here, right. all of a and their legs want to work right automatically but mm. then you're here with somebody like this and and they're coming over and you're like hey get your arms to go like this when all yeah. of a sudden all i had to do is move that hip back there and all of a sudden the arms move in where they should have been by themselves but you're trying to do it with the arms you're like bro if you corrected this pivot and moved it over here all of a sudden the arms and the low point becomes way better in in just moving somebody so you're so right to save time mm -hmm. For me, especially as much as I charge, I'm not going to sit there and go, hey, this dude's going to come back to me after I just, you know, told him to swing his arms more right. Yeah. They're going to leave. They're going to leave. You know what I mean? I have to do shit quick. Yeah. And I do. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I see it. I, I, I remember when my son was coming up, there was a coach that used to get him face on and the coach would get on his knee and put his head in, in a good position over the ball. But I had never seen the way you do it by getting behind them and making sure that, 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 that waist was, you know, turning through the ball. So it was good. It's good to see you do that. Well, I also, when you look at it in, in a different perspective is, you know, you guys are seeing the good part of it. You're not seeing the shanks and all the other stuff that goes in between. You're seeing the finished product. Right. And a lot of times I don't do before and afters. And sometimes I'm like, I should, but I don't like doing before and afters because that becomes more about me, to be honest. And I'm like, oh, right. check out what I just, what I did. And some people are like, do, do a before and after, do a before and after. And I'll do it. That's when I do my before and afters. When right. somebody asks me to do a before and after, that's when I do it. You know what I mean? When they're yeah. so over, I'm like, this would be a funny view. They're like, dude, please do it. And I'm like, all right. But most people just want to look good and 
and, and be like, okay, they were already there when they came there. But if you saw the stuff that we did in between is that's, that's where the gnarly stuff's at. That's where the, you know, the grind was at, but we get a lot of that done in an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I've seen some of the before and afters too. And I like, geez, they had, they didn't, they didn't have that term when they first did the, um, when they did the first take. So that's good. Well, that you... That's, that's something funny that when you look at the, the amount yeah. of, of I charge 600 bucks an hour, people right. go, I just can't afford that, but you can afford your son to go take a hundred dollar lessons that are making him worse. Yes. Like, you know, you could do that for a whole year. And what are you looking at weekly? You're looking at $5,000 you spent for shitty ass lessons. Yeah. Okay. When you could have somebody 600 and you could probably do that four times and spend half the money and your kid would be a million times better. But, but you look at it the wrong way. You're not looking at it as an investment. And then you have that coach, you have them, you come and you do that four times or like maybe whatever you can afford four times a year, it costs you 2,400 bucks rather than 5,000 for a shitty coach. You spend the other 2,500 with that coach taking your, your guy on the course and, and him, you know, putting some of that stuff that George said and stop having an ego and you actually work together and, and working to formulate together. If a coach doesn't have an ego of what I like, had you do, I think that you'd yeah. have a much better plan then, oh, George is too expensive. That's some bullshit. Right. You're already spending that money. You yeah. Know what and, I mean? Yeah. And you're right. And, that, and that's one thing that I try to get across to parents too through my podcast is that it's an investment. And sometimes as parents, Coach George, we we try to cheapen certain stuff, like whether it's a whether it's mental coaching or whether it's fitness. Sometimes we don't put the money into that type of stuff, like what you're talking about, because we just don't we just don't want to put money into that but we'll pay for a tournament we'll pay for registration $250 registration for a two day so we'll put money in all of that but it needs to be put into the swing into the well that's the thing that i just said is you can cheat the yeah. system i think you can cheat the system of yeah. going hey let's go to a trainer and you and, and trainers know this is no knock on trainers this is no knock on me because I'm too expensive. This is no knock on, you know, whatever you're trying to do, a putting coach. You right. can you can have somebody that's affordable at home and go, okay, listen, this is a really good fitness trainer. I'm going to go see him. What kind of plan would you make me if I come and see you only twice a year? The, the fitness trainer is not going to go, hey, that's not acceptable. You got to see me every week. No, they're right. going to be like, all right, well, listen. You got a you got a golf coach like me. Listen, I, I can't afford you, but I came and saw you. I'm gonna be like, dude, I'm gonna work my ass off for this guy. Me personally, yeah. I had it last week. I'm like, dude, that's cool. He's like, dude, I can only afford three lessons with you, and I'm all cool. And let's make the best of it. Let's send right. me video. And, and so I like helping people like that a lot. Like, so no one's gonna knock that. And then you have your other player, and you make a plan. That's a different story than going, I can't afford this. You know what I mean? Right. Go to the best you can and ask them how they formulate a plan for someone that, you know, couldn't afford it and they'll help you out. I like that. No brain. I like that coach. Now coach, you, um, <clears throat> you've, um, coached some good juniors. I mean, and, and you've taught, you've covered a lot of stuff. You have a, a new product coming out called the G spot. Um, can you talk? No, it's, not called, it's not called the G spot, but that's good. I like your mind. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> It's called the G slot. Like the G slot. Okay. Okay. 
Hey, if, hey, if I hey, needed the G spot, I'd be in trouble. Okay. I know, right? All right. So the G slot, coach, talk to us about the G slot. Okay. So the G that's good. So the G <laughs> spot, if you go external with your shoulder, yeah. Okay. It'll pop. Okay. It just pops on your side. Okay. And so a lot of players think that this is external or, or shallow in the shaft, and that's just standing it up. So okay. external will pop. Okay. Now, the crazy thing is, is that I can go external and then watch my forms. My form will pop because we have a forearm popper that pops when you do this and pops when you go like this. Okay. Wait, where, where is it? I think it's right here. Okay. You got one? All right. Yeah. Oh, a half set. Let me grab it. It's okay. right here. Take your time. Take your time. All right. So, yeah, I got, uh, man, I tell you, this is awesome, y'all. If y'all have a question that y'all would like Coach George to uh, answer, just put it on, put it in the comments and I'll try to get it to him before we finish up. But uh, we got about All another right. five, 10 minutes to go. All right, coach. All right. So you ready? Yes. Ready. So this thing's absolutely really cool. So you put this up to the sleeve. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you put it like the inside where the elbow's at, you'll see. And what it does is basically when you stand up, you want to put this on your back like this. So you can't see too much space. Okay. And it just pops when you do it right. Okay, so it can pop from in here, pops from up here. Now, okay, just because I do that, what I formulate that with is this is the G-snap. This closes the face. So this is going to open it and shallow it, but now the face is open, so this closes it. Like and that, so. helps with your, that helps with your wrist angles, right, Coach? This does, the flexion. Okay. okay. Now, the other one, here's the cool one to me. Because if I actually put this on my wrist, and you could have somebody else help you with it, but I've been doing it so long, it's easy. Right. So right. the thing is, is when I go external, let's say I go external here in the shaft shallows, and I form roll. See that form okay. roll? Yes. Yeah, let's see say it. I go up top, and I have my form roll across the line, and then I I don't pop it this way, but I'm across the line, like over here, way over here with my shaft. Okay. And I pop it; it's still steep. Unless I form roll. Does okay. make sense? Yeah. So this will this will give you some auditory in the form. And if you do them both together, they're going to be wide open. So then you close it. So my players who do it right will go, uh-uh, and just pivot. So okay. once you this and this, with this, it's just pure rotation. So you put them all together, and you can do them in the backswing, or you can do them on the downswing, and then just turn. So okay. then you don't have to think about your arms <clears throat> at all. So that's okay. a, that's where it becomes cool. And coach, that the the G slot will be out soon, right? December first. December first. Okay. All right. And what's the yes, what's, what's, your, what's the price point on that, coach? Uh, I think it's going to be for uh, the elbow and the hand together. It's going to be a hundred bucks. Okay. Hundred bucks. All right. Good. 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 All right. One last question, coach. Not one last question overall, but one last question when it comes to your teaching. Do people that have flexibility issues have difficulties with the way you teach how to swing? No, actually, nobody has flexibility problems. Wow. Okay, so... They, they just have trainers telling them that bullshit. Right. Okay, Got so it. I... The only one who has a flexibility problem is my dad. And my dad has, because he's got like a, a foot that's been cut off in a motorcycle accident. Gotcha. So his, his whole femur, his hip, all this will not rotate. Okay. So when I... 
somebody over here that thinks their right leg should be locked in, adducted mm -hmm. in, which means moved in towards midline. Right. They can't turn. As soon as I allow that to move and the legs going back out like this, and I can move the legs in and I can retract the shoulder, which most people don't know what retraction or protraction is. Yeah. All of a sudden, these people are like, oh my God, I can do things that I didn't think I could do. Yeah. They're just in a position going, I, I can't turn anymore. Well, yeah, your hips are not moving. Your pressure's on your toe in the backswing. You wow. should move the right heel. You mm. know what I'm saying? So yeah. People's ankles are like, are, are trying to, they're restricting it because they were told to put a ball on the outside of the right foot to stay sturdy. I'm like, they just been taught the wrong way, so they have no mobility. Anybody can, that I've met, I don't care if they're 100, 90, 80, 70, I can get anybody to turn 90 degrees, anyone. Wow. Okay. That's good so to know. So that... Absolutely, it's different. Now, what's what's hard for them is the adduction part where they stretch this way. Okay. Where they can stretch across and right. turn and grab the arm. Okay. That's, that hurts people. Okay. That's about it. That's that's good to know. That's good to know, Coach, because I I've, I've always thought I was the the you know like for me I, th I always thought I was the least flexible person. That when I see your swing, I'm like, oh, how did they get in that position to? But I'm a I'm gonna work on it, Coach. I promise. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Coach, um, I wanna I, I'm gonna get into a segment, a little fun segment before we wrap up today about who would you rather go get around in with if you could have a choice between two players who would you rather go out with okay okay all right so you got a choice between tiger and roy who would you rather go out and play golf with tiger okay tiger. ricky tiger. fowler or dustin johnson i like them both so that's I mean, a those are two, two, two of the nicer guys i mean i played with dj already so ricky yeah. I've already played with DJ. So Ricky, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but DJ, I play, I mean, I played with DJ probably four times. Okay, so, okay. Ricky. All right, Brooks or Bryson? Ah, shit. You can I tell me, they're both. They're both the same to me. They're both. <laughs> I, they, they, they really are. So I could do either one on either day, honestly. And I, it's, it's not like they're going to listen to this. They could give a shit less. You know what I mean? But I, they're the same. They're both cool to me. Okay, good. Uh, Jordan or Justin? Jordan or Justin? Yeah. Jordan. Okay, okay. All right. Freddie Couples or John Daly? John. John Daly. Okay. All right. Any reason why? Yeah. I mean, I think John, I'd have more fun with. Yeah. You would, you know, I, I would, I think I'd have more fun and maybe, maybe I wouldn't, but I, I think I would, but I mean, I, I've always been a fan of both like in a different way. Okay. Good deal. All right. Jack or Arnie, you know, rest in peace, Arnie. Who would you rather Jack or Arnie? Arnie. Okay. And why you say Arnie? Because Arnie liked to have fun. Yeah. Okay. Jack's serious. You know, yeah. that's the fun thing with teaching. I think a lot of kids go with whatever their coach is at. A coach is real serious, dressed real nice, and real nice gentleman compared to, like, more of a clowny. You you see kind of kids, like, go to that. That that would be me with Arnie. I think Arnie is more of what I would see. Maybe, maybe Arnie – let's say Arnie was a bad guy, but I didn't see it. 
Right. Which he was not. I mean, I, I would see the outside perspective of what I wanted to see from him. And I think that Arnie would probably be more my type of guy. Good, good, good. Well, listen, coach, um, is there anyone that you would love to give a shout out to? Any assistance, anybody that's helped you along your teaching journey? Uh, any shout outs that you would love to give anybody? Well, I mean, I would like to give a shout out to 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 people who helped me. Yeah. But not really. I mean, honestly, I hate to say that I did it all myself because that would be selfish. Right. But the fact is, is that I did learn most of it from watching other players. So I could give a shout out to watching players, studying films. There was nobody that ever like mm -hmm. mentored me, unfortunately, because I feel like I would have got to this journey a lot faster and I wish I did have a mentor, but I did not. So mm -hmm. to all the players out there that I got to study, like the Trevinos, the Hogans, mm -hmm. the Tiger Woods, the, you know, all these swings that I got to watch, I could thank them. Now, people on my team, I could thank Johnny Ruiz would be a guy that I'd give a shout out. Thank you for helping me. Leo, yeah. helping okay. Bristol, you know, Morgan, Brett, Silvernail, Jake Gilmore. These guys are all the guys that are on my team that I couldn't do yeah. without. Mar Mario De La Cabada. These, these are people that, you know, I love that I, I could not do without. So, yeah, I, I got to give a shout out to people who've helped me get to where I'm at and help me continue to stay where I'm at. Those are the people. That's awesome, Coach. Well, you got some great assistance. Um, I think I think Crystal's the one I've been communicating with, and she got us connected. So, shout out to Crystal. Thank you so much. Crystal, yeah, Crystal for sure is 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 been a savior. She's um. Yeah. Well, I have a junior like uh, membership site too. So for those yes, who George Jenkins Golf membership i have the regular one and then i have a junior one that's really growing right now and we have assistance on it so it's great so for those juniors that that want to learn and understand because i do have a journey of some really like adam uh anderson i've got you know ian gilligan i got some players that are really have a lot of success in junior golf matt wolf all these players yes that are on the membership and it's not just the journey of you know the mechanics of it it's also the journey of you know, how does a parent go about bringing their junior to lessons and becoming the best? And what do we study? How many tournaments do we play? How do we practice? All that stuff is on the membership. And for a lot of people, like you said yourself, there's some guidance and it's in, I think that that is like $300 one-time fee. It's, it's a no brainer. Right. That's a no brainer. Right. All right, coach. Then, and coach, how can our how can our listeners follow you on social media? I know you got the website. Um, tell tell everybody how to follow you and how to find you on social media. You know, for for me personally, I've got other people running my my stuff, but I, all I run right. is George Gankus Golf. My Instagram okay. is is where I'm at, and then Gankus Sports is is where I sell my product at, and I, that I run that account. And besides that, I have like a TikTok. I have uh, a Twitter uh facebook all those all their george Genkis golf right right okay coach well listen thank you so much for being on the junior golf podcast i know the parents and the juniors are really gonna uh, appreciate your insight and, and knowledge on this and uh hopefully we'll get a chance to meet sometime in the near future okay absolutely thank you so much for having me and and we'll talk again if you need anything holler at me okay thank you coach george appreciate you my pleasure okay. have a good day all right. Thank you for listening to the Junior Golf Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.
We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Get in touch in the comments or on any of our social media networks. See you next week for a new episode.